Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I'm your host and the founder of Creative Impact. And today, I'm not alone, but I'm not alone in a different way. This is already going hello <laughs> all right Steph okay she's jumping way ahead she's super excited to be here she's like hi friends all right Steph well then you know what I'm gonna put you on the spotlight hi Steph tell us why you're here tell us who you are tell us what's going on please tell us <laughs> there she goes <laughs> Uh, well, my name is Stephanie Dominguez, and I'm a nutritionist. I specialized in helping people lose weight through plant-based diet. I'm also a community manager uh, at the Creative Impact Co. Collective. So yeah, so I've obviously known Fab for a while and worked together not only on my business, but together on the collective too. Um, and she cordially invited me to join on the podcast. See, I'm, I'm, I'm polite like that. I cordially invited you. I didn't just say, Steph, let's just do this. And Steph was like, little sigh. And then she said, okay, fine, fine, fab. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know what, I, I, I'll, do, I, I'll indulge you. So welcome. We shall say though, because I was thinking, what can we talk about today? So uh, we shall say one thing. We shall say that you also have a very interesting background that might tie in today's conversation, which we'll get to in a second. But just to explain, if you're not familiar with what is happening right now, you might remember that we do have once a month or once every six weeks, kind of ask us any episode with the lovely Amy Layton, which is great. But also we used to have some solo episodes where we usually talk about you know, strategies and things that are going on within the business that can also help you uh, learning how to maybe, you know, refresh and relook and review some elements of your personal brand or your business. And we did them ages ago when Amy worked for us, was here. And then we stopped and we know that actually a lot of people have been asking for them and there's been a lot of interest. And so we were like, you know what, since I like to be able to talk to people and people ask me smart questions and then I can ask them back. I thought, well, Steph, it's now time. <laughs> you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't try and avoid this anymore. And it's actually perfect because 
because of Steph's background, what I wanted to talk about was the recent and the most recent issue of the Creative Impact magazine, which is the spring issue. We interviewed uh, Lucy Mountain and the whole conversation was about branding in different ways from tone of voice to visual branding. And first, if you need to get your issue, what are you waiting for? creativeimpact.group slash magazine. That's where it's at. It's free for the digital download, so no excuses. But if we want to talk about branding, I thought, Steph, you're the best person. Tell us why. Tell us about your background. There's a reason to my madness, I promise. So why are we talking about this topic and what is your experience with it? Well, before I became a nutrition coach a couple of years ago, uh, my background was in basically art and design. So I did university for illustration. I then went on to work as a concept artist uh, for animation and games. And I've dabbled in a lot of different areas of art, be it photography, video, design, you know, brochures, magazine, apps, like whatever it was really. So that kind of gave me a broad scope to sort of the thinking behind branding and design, which obviously then helped me when I wanted to build my own brand with, even if it was nutrition, like think of it as like a product and a brand that also like impacts visually. And that is why I, first of all, I love your branding. So if you go and then have a look at Steph's work and even just Instagram and a website, you can see that there's an element of uniqueness to it. And I find that there can be pros and cons when it comes to having so many ways now to make branding accessible to everyone, which is awesome. My husband is also the designer of the Creative Impact magazine and he's a designer. So I do understand the frustration sometimes and the, the, the kind of like little things that we don't think about when you're more amateur or when you're not dabbing into it as much. And you see maybe there's some of the shortcuts and some of the ways that things are done and you're like, actually, that this could be done a bit better or we need to not forget some of the important things when it comes to branding and design. And as I said, I believe that there is loads of pros in being able to DIY your design. And Canva, bless it, has been like a lifesaver. But then I also, and this is where I'm going to ask Steph a question just to put things in perspective, I also need, we need to remember and remind ourselves that not everybody has a natural eye for design. And I think that's also important to understand because blessed is something that I always loved never done anything professional around and never done any courses I just I believe that I'm quite good at it because naturally is what I love so for me the cohesion the, co the cohesiveness the representation of the feelings and the emotions it all makes sense because I'm also a marketer and that's what we're about from more of our storytelling perspective but I think that we need to be mindful that it's great to use tools that help us doing things that maybe we couldn't do and kind of like sometimes skip having to go to a branding agency or to an external designer. But I think there are some things that we still need to bear in mind when we approach something like this ourselves. So we'll have to hear your opinion from somebody who is also developing and has developed brands for yourself or has supported others and even just concepts and ideas. What are the pros and the cons of relying too much on something else or pretty templates? What are the pros and the cons, you know, using Canva and all these tools? What do we need to be aware of? Well, I think, like you said, there's there's the side of the DIY that is really accessible and just means that everyone can have a voice and visually tell their stories online. And I think there's a place for that and also how people relate to that because it, it sort of takes away that plastic look of like too too well done um and I think that's been like the massive rise in social media is people just taking their phone and filming there and then what they think what they see and you know and it goes viral and people appreciate that then it's 
the different steps I think of people understanding if you are a business and if you are trying to sell something a product or a service or yourself as like the the front person because it's so saturated now with everyone on there rather than before there was only a small you know percentage of you know p- people that had the ability to be visual and have like some equipment to do it because it was so expensive now without that middleman people can do it really easily but that means there's so many more voices that you need to sort of if we only have a split second to stroll on something such as reels what's going to make you stand out and what is going to make you also credible I do think because there's a level of if then people are asked to invest money do you want to sort of invest money in something that you feel oh yeah they have a backing to it and a lot of it is gut feeling so I think having things like Canva people can do things really easily and having templates to follow for people that don't really have that eye or that notion of what might work or might not that's really helpful but there's also things that I see that people have images that are really badly cropped or things texts aren't even where they need to be or it's not showing what it's they're trying to do and I think when you're trying to advertise an event something online if the first thing that people see is not what actually the information that you need to to give through that visual medium that's where you might fall short because they see everything else that pops at them but yours might just fall under the radar because just visually there's just that little tweak that could make it so much better but then there's also the other side I do think where I do think people like me that have more experience and that see a lot of things that you think, oh, that might be better, you can fall quite easily in the trap of it needs to be right before I put it out. And it's like the perfectionist aspect of things. So I think there's a a fine line between trying to make it too good (laughs) and investing too much money straight on on like equipment, because obviously, you know, I love tech and gadgets and all that, but it does cost money. So if you don't have that funding behind it, then you can get lost in, I'll buy the best camera, like any equipment, no matter how expensive it is, is only as good as how you use it. So you can buy, you know, 10,000 pound camera, but if you're not using it, you might as well just have your phone. So there's, you know, there's a lot of traps in either way, I think, where you need to understand how to sell what you're trying to tell by visually putting it forwards be it image or video, but also if then you make it too good, there's also that aspect that psychologically people are like, oh, well, that's such a big company or, you know, it looks too professional nearly that you might lose that one-to-one relationship um, depending on obviously where you stand um, as a business and as a brand. I'm going to get back to that because I have potentially a, a couple of tweaks or a couple of things that you can do if you actually say we do want to or I do have the understanding, the budget or the people to make things look the way that I want to, but I still want to retain that personal touch. There are a couple of things. There's two things that come to mind. Before that, do I want to say we do have sometimes before we do our little weekly meetings where we chat and it's like, oh, that's a new camera, isn't it? Or like, oh, look at me. I got, I got my new tech and my new f- microphone. So we're as bad as each other in the way they're like, oh, yeah, uh, look at that. Because, again, when you understand it and I think it comes to a place of, as you say, not being perfectionist or not getting into the trap of perfectionism by, and that doesn't allow you to start. And then after you feel like you get into a flow or you feel like you want to really expand and things are getting traction, then you're like, okay, 
Before I was using my terrible camera from a Mac, now I'm gonna use, actually funnily enough, when I do a podcast or videos, I, do my, I use my phone with an app called Camel that allows you to hook up your phone and the quality is so much better, but it's generally my phone. And it's a smaller investment, but it is still an investment. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna use that instead. So I totally agree and I understand. And it's like how to get started and our videos were so pixelated and I just accepted that. And then eventually we actually got things a bit better and it just gives a different vibe. But I just wanted to add, because I think it's so important and it goes into another side of branding, which I feel might be more on my wheelhouse. There are two things, obviously, that we can do. If you're afraid that if you're too curated, then you lose the personal touch. First of all, there is always now the fact that social media especially is very much gearing towards video. And I think... Even if your video quality is not absolute terrible and even if you don't show all of your shopping behind you, which sometimes I have because I was having a great deal for a TikTok and I couldn't be asked to kind of like clean the whole kitchen because this is how big my apartment is right now. That's where we're at. That's fine. I think these type of videos and the short element of it really allows you to kind of get your personality out, but also, you know, be happy with sometimes the situation that you're in and that obviously adds that personal touch. But even if you do have a small studio or you set up nice lights be, like, behind you and you feel, oh, is it too curated, then, okay, maybe it's not just about the video format that helps. The second step and the second thing to think about is the tone of voice, as in how you come across. And that is so important. And the biggest praise that I got about my book, Reclaim Your Time Off, and the first one, but especially the second one, is the people that knew me enough said, it sounds like you. It sounds like you are telling me the story. I can hear you coaching me through. And I think that's a really important side of, of a brand. And I want to then talk about this and then dive into the last step of this magical brand journey. But I want to dive into this first. And I think realizing your tone of voice can be one of the hardest and sometimes more complex things to navigate. Again, in the magazine, we talked to Lucy about this and actually how she created a separate brand called Knobs. And she, she kept it true to her, her tone of voice as herself because it's an extension of her, but it's separate. And the challenges of doing that, because then obviously the aesthetic also comes in and understanding, kind of getting away from cliches or colours that are maybe too obvious. But then she said it's really about the choices of words and the way that we address our people. And if you find that maybe you feel like your aesthetic is becoming a bit more curated, then get back to the people, whether it's only yourself or a small team, behind the brand and make sure that they can actually have their own voice and start sharing their own story. With that, you have also to get a bit of confidence to be able to kind of hone who you are. But if you're shy, maybe that's it. If you are a bit more extroverted or a bit less serious and you want to showcase things like little Terry, the avocado, which some of you might have seen, uh, that's fine. You know, it's really kind of getting yourself to shine and come across the, the right way. And I think that's one of the biggest things that sometimes we, we forget. And I don't know if I'm making sound Steph, but I find that one thing that I like to do, just to give you something practical to think about, is go back to what are some of the words that you associate with yourself as a brand. Hopefully they're kind of relatively relevant to who you are as a person but you know for example I want to hear yours Steph you know especially being legal as a nutritionist but also you talk about some topics that are not groundbreaking which means you know it's like okay but what is different is who you are and your approach as a coach but also how you come across as a person and the brand and how you want people to think about the food and obviously the benefits and I think when we go back to that 
you know, our unique selling proposition, which is what we call as in marketing, is not just about how you help people, but it's also how you make them feel and how you connect with them. First of all, how am I making sense around this ramble? And secondly, what are some of the words that you associate with nurture play? Yeah, totally no no sense whatsoever. Nah, it was quite a few nuggets of gold. I do I do agree with a lot of it where as like as I'm built as I was building my brand, so it's nurtured plate, thinking about, yeah, how do I want to cross and how do I speak to people in a way that I feel might resonate? And also seeing kind of doing the sort of the process of what are others doing and what do I see and how do I respond to it? Because again, it is that thing of like, no matter how you look visually on video, on images, the the backing to it, you can have the best looking film, but if the story's crap, people aren't going to like it. And I, th- and I feel it's very much true with, you know, social media. If you don't have that core connection and story and appeal, no matter how what your branding is it people aren't going to resonate with it so you really need to think about what is it that you're actually going to come across with and in terms of nurtured plate when I was building it I was thinking well I don't want to be high-end classy sleek looking you know nutrition aspect of being very feminine a lot of people are like there's there's a lot of like the women nutritionists I usually have very feminine brands you know bright colors whites greens uh, very obviously plant-based too. There's a lot of greens, like being natural. Then you go into sort of fitness with a lot of men. So it's more darker colors. It's red. It's sort of bright tones, very high contrast. And it's more about, you know, being big and strong. And then I, re- I realized like there's a lot of things that I don't feel I fit in any of it. So I'm like, well, if I don't fit in it, probably a lot of people also don't fit in it. And me personally also saying, well, I want to bring my creative side and my fun side out of, you know, I'm a giant, I'm a big kid at the end of the day, and I like it to be fun. And bringing sort of that visual storytelling and appeal through my brand, even if I didn't know really how to do it. And I think that's also being real is something that I want, because there's, as soon as you mention nutrition, people are all of a sudden nutritionists and they know everything about nutrition or if you say oh I'm plant-based or vegan all of a sudden is where do you get your protein from so it's like people all of a sudden go go really sciencey and there's a lot of you know talks and amazing professionals that talk about all the science behind nutrition why things work the way they are but at the end of the day I'm like well my clients they just want to know the basic so they can just live make it better for themselves so it's trying to distill that and thinking I know a lot of the information and I want to make it come across visually and in a fun way so people do get it really easily. So they're not sat there maybe watching a video of just me blabbering and it's just information that goes over their head and it's really boring because I've been in many science lectures about these things and I'm bored. So (laughs) I'm just like, okay, if you made your slide slightly more, you know, graphic, bit more simple, a few more colors, maybe it'll be more appealing. So it's, I think is where it merges, where my voice is trying to be fun, quite simplistic, but still bring a lot of value. And that's why I try and aspire to do. Um, so I think with, with that, it's like where, again, where you think some brands I see are very much about the science, are very much about showing research, showing all the ins and out. 
and being that person that is really scientific. And then you've got others that are more straight to the point and it's just about how can I help you day to day and that's it. So I think it's where, again, doing your research when you're building your brand, when you're building your voice of going, okay, what are the main points I want to come across with nearly? And then trying to stick to that as a map. So did that make sense? <laughs> did that make sense? I don't know. I mean, I think you lost me at, hi. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you, you can you can see that again. Like we are, and actually that goes back to some of the things you said. The beauty of actually understanding. And by the way, yes, it did make sense. But the beauty of understanding how you want to come across and you want to talk to your people and what your people need is that you don't just attract the right clients, but hopefully when you want to scale or grow, you also attract the right team. It depends whether it's a team of two or a team of fifty. I think is understanding who they are. And how do you need them to support your brand? For example, lol, it's not just because she's here, but, you know, like, obviously when, when it comes to staff who are needing the help within the support was to be able to have somebody else, another voice in the community and kind of them to be able to support uh, our, our members. And I needed somebody that is like me, that we can just have a five-minute lol about a new gift and feel really old, even if we're not old, and, and talk about silly things because it comes across then as the people that we are and these obviously are the people that we want to attract when it comes to our members. So I think even when you are slightly scaling or growing, it's something that sometimes can feel a bit daunting. It doesn't mean that everybody in your team has to have exactly your same tone of voice or your same personality. But first of all, it helps a bit, uh, especially when you have to talk to them every week, let's say. But also it helps, especially when they're also going to be an integral part of the conversations and the communication that is going to out of your brand. And I wanted to finish off with some one more other thing that I was thinking about, which can be a struggle that some people might have, like I do have. So I am myself. Hello, I'm Fab. But I also have Creative Impact and I also have another brand called Alt Marketing School, which you might have heard of because I mentioned a few times in the podcast. So Alt Marketing School has got this 70s vibe with this kind of like bold, chunky, this kind of vintage pictures. And is again, not what you would associate with a marketing school. It's fine. Creative Impact is a bit more in line with that more uh, sleek aesthetic, but it has a bit of the fun in it. So it's kind of like that, the middle ground between the two. And then you have myself. And for a very long time, I didn't know exactly where I was sitting because I felt, well, actually, both sides are kind of me, as long as there's the element of fun, which now we're reintroducing to both brands to make sure it's there. Even if, again, gifts might feel old, but they're not to me, and I will stand by it until the end of days. Thanks. Uh, Steph is laughing, so I know this is the two of us <laughs> against the world. But I lost myself. I lost a bit of my brand identity in that because I was trying to understand how we would fit. And actually, just to explain that sometimes you have to redo this exercise. It doesn't matter if you've been in business for 10 years. I was like, wait a second, who am I? Okay, I stand and I also am, the brands are an extension of me, but I also am my own self. So actually, I created that branding that is very clear and defined for me. And obviously, that is reflected a bit in other things that I do. And I think there might be some people listening and whether it's, somebody who has a product-based brand, in which case you have your own brand as a founder. Or you can also be a coach that maybe has something around what you do that you actually separate it slightly from what other things you offer. It can be even a product. Sometimes if a product is successful enough or if it's a course or if it's something that has got its own legs, it might actually have a slightly different branding or a slightly different vibe. And I think it's important to 
remember who are you as the person and this was what I realized and I think and I know that Yusef also obviously work on projects which I think is very different than when it comes to personal brands but and I think it's something that we don't acknowledge enough as entrepreneurs because we tend to be what well, I am my brand but sometimes you can get lost a bit in it and it's almost like can you actually check in and make sure that it, you're still in line with it or that you're not almost spreading it across and it's something that again, I felt on a personal level literally the last month and then I reshuffled my branding to make sure they represented that but it was a bit of a wake-up call I'm not saying that you become a bit indulgent in it but then if you evolve as a person your branding will evolve with you and sometimes we don't realize that or sometimes we feel like you know how how many times should I change before people get confused is that balance isn't it I think I don't know I don't know how you feel about that but I think it's something that a lot of people might feel as a personal brand can happen yeah I definitely feel like through the process of doing it and also working with other projects and other people I I definitely fell in the trap where it's when you're first starting and thinking okay who am I what's my service what my product how do I come across there's a lot of voices around and a lot of people obviously you look up to and all the brands that you go okay this is kind of what I aspire to but you do that too long and too often you do lose a bit of yourself where you're like oh actually I'll try this I'll try this I'll try this and then you go well what is actually me in all of this so I do think it's a good exercise to know what you want and what you don't want and then literally switch it off and then just go by a lot of it is gut feeling I, I think it's just that thing where you know if it's right or wrong because if you stand there and you're about to go on and you're like I have no clue what I'm saying then I would question well maybe you don't really know what you're trying to come across with and also visually I think there's also that aspect of thinking when you make it the first time so if you're a new startup and your new brand or new service or new product the first thing you come out with will not be the same thing you have in 10 years. And I think it's also that maybe like limiting belief of going, if I do a logo, that's it forever. It's actually not. Like the biggest brands have changed their logos many times. The smallest brands will change their logo. They're still in line with the similar aspect that they started with. But as you go through the motion and the years, you refine it, you change, you adapt, and then you find what works and what doesn't. So I think it's also that thing of accepting that you know, when I'm talking about brand and finding your colors, your, your feeling, your tone of voice or how you come across like when we say like on camera, on video, what you say, it takes time. And I think a lot of people need to sort of do a bit of diligence to that with finding it and, you know, realizing the first time you're going to try a reel, you're going to be so stiff, you're going to mess up, you, you need to just go through the motion of figuring out what's natural, what works and what doesn't. And I think the same thing with brands and services and yourself where you are a person ever changing and your brand will reflect that too. Like obviously if you go from one day doing it one way and the next day doing it completely different, then sure, you know, other clients or people seeing that might get a bit confused, but people are very much, they'll forget it. You change your brand in, in a week, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's the new branding. Or you make an announcement, you make a whole thing of it or a process of going, yeah, we realized this wasn't working. We want to make it better for you. So we're actually taking you on the process. Even, you know, I've seen people go, here's four new logos that we're trying to do. Which one do you prefer? So you kind of also putting other people as part of that journey. 
And I think that also breaks down that kind of relationship they have with you as a person, like you're the face behind a brand or service, and then people relating to you as a person and then going, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're behind the service, they're behind the product. And we're kind of going through that journey with them and really following that story and the beliefs that they have behind it. I'm a big fan of making your audience part of the process that you mentioned that. And it comes from our first book club. So we currently did two. And January, Steph read. <laughs> I should know. Oh, that was Mary Porter's. Ha, I got it. Uh, the Kindness uh, Economy. Apologies. The Rebuilt... Uh... Rebuild. Yeah, it was the kindness economy. You can find it also, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but you can also find it on the website. And I read Superfans, and that was obviously the January book, book club. And, um, and in Superfans, uh, Pat Flynn, obviously you can read some of the takeaways we had in the book club. And what, what it talks about is really that element of surprising and delight in your audience. And a lot of the time, what that means is also making to make them part of the journey you can just do the little things that allow them to give their feedback and their opinion on things and I agree I think when I say that especially when I teach that to students or to clients a lot of them are like oh you know you feel like oh my god how do I do that you know like how much do I how much do I get them to choose it I'm like they're not the ones that are going to pitch in any meetings you have you don't have to worry I'm not going to pitch to your investors for you but there are the little things that you can give them they can actually have a choice in the making, especially if it's not a case of tell me which color you want my brand to be, but it's more like these are examples of what I want to go next. What would you, um, what would you like? What resonates with you? Um, it's also almost better to me to ask your audience than sometimes you go into groups or into places that maybe are not having a better, a good understanding who your or your your audience is, and then maybe you obviously it's more about I don't know Janine's personal preference and it's great but it's also kind of like well is it really what you want so I think actually asking your audience is the extra benefit of if it resonates with them it resonates with your ideal people so it's even better to get their opinion than Janine no offense Janine we love you but um, you know what I mean uh, it's probably not the same isn't it so I really love that and I think it's a very very important thing to remind ourselves so basically what we've done we actually went through a whole journey without even realizing we talked about what brands actually are and some of the benefits of doing it yourself and then we went straight into the tone of voice which is obviously my fave and we even looked at growing and evolving identities and making your audience part of the process I mean I think we we gave our peeps and our dear listener a lot of things to think about today what do you think Steph? Yeah I think so too. How, yeah. how do you feel about this first episode? I mean I know she wasn't nervous but I think a tiny just a tiny bit maybe you were like oh what's she gonna do to me today? Yeah, I had no idea what I was going to say, so it's great. <laughs> I'll find it when I re-listen to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, yeah, damn right. So, yeah. yeah. Team, first of all, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll get Steph to remind us where you can find out more about her as well. Also, secondly, if you have any other topics that you would like us to talk about, anything else you'd like us to cover, I have a couple of things in my head that I think would be worthwhile talking about based on what is happening and what people are interested in when it comes to business and marketing but if there's anything that you want us to talk about please let us know any behind the scenes or anything else in the meantime obviously don't forget to get the latest copy of the mag because again if you're interested in this topic we're going to talk about this a lot with lucy so it's at creativeimpact.group slash magazine steph if people want to find out more about you where should they go 
Uh, the internet's a good place <laughs> to start with. So you can find me uh, on Instagram at nurtured underscore plate and Facebook nurtured plate coaching uh, is the main page. Or if you look, Stephanie Dominguez coach, I guess, comes up with me. <laughs> I'm on there somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, Plate takes some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>